Hey, it's your girl Sharice in the CIT wine. You know the vibe. You are now locked in and locked on to Talk Bane Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's your girl Pango, and y'all listening to Talk Bane Podcast. Hey, hey, it's your girl Aikwa, and you're listening to Talk Bane Podcast. Love. Today, we are an all black panel. We come from different backgrounds. Uh, we also have Hope, who works behind the scenes at Talk Bane Podcast, and who also works at ITV. So I will let them introduce themselves. Back again, back again. I'm Lushan, I was on the first one and I'm back again for the second episode. So if you listen to the first one, you'll already know. But yeah, I am long-time friend with Terence and Hope and I'm just here to give my real and raw opinions on the questions asked. So yeah. Yeah, hi there, Dylan. Um, professional football player. Um, obviously taking the time out to, to give my knowledge on my experiences Hi, yeah, I'm Pango. I work at I work in the students' union. Um, I'm a big, big politics head, and I wrote a lot about politics during my degree. And I just want to talk and see and hear other people's experiences. Thank you very much. Uh, so, in this episode, I want to talk about why the BAME community has to work twice as hard in comparison to the white community just to achieve. So in regards to education, my own experience is in a white high school trying to prove I'm not like the typical stereotype, like I am intelligent and I have I can do the work. So it's like working twice as hard to get that extra attention to ensure that I can succeed in like GSCCs and A-levels. So what I want to do is just like just pass this over to the panel. So I'm going to firstly come over to Dylan. So I want to welcome you again, you know, to Top Bin Podcast because your first time. Yeah. You've had a successful football career at such a young age. Now, just to ask, did you feel like you had to work twice as hard to prove to people that this is what you were meant to do? Of course, of course. Obviously, like you said, that it's I didn't want to live up to that stereotypical kind of image of, you know, a young black guy will go out, he'll spend his money, he'll be loud. You know, yeah, yeah. you have to... We, we, as black people anyway, we have to work twice as hard regardless, but in the football Standard. industry as well, as it... As we have got white managers and loads of white players, you know, we we, we have to do twice as much to to reach that sort of potential to get to where we need to be. Um, so even in the sports industry, it's tough. It's very tough. But you know, like you said, we have to we have to um, come together and, and and try do stuff. You know, as much as other other people do. Yeah, definitely, so, no, definitely, man. Yeah. Pango, would you say that things have changed in the aspect of achievement, like? Would you say there is really such a thing as equal opportunity in in education for all students? I think things have improved definitely from um, way back because we have got more people coming into university. We have got more people of colour coming into university as well. I think especially with the movement last year with Black Lives Matter, there was definitely a push to equality. And people yeah. were now talking a lot more about um, anti-racism. They were looking back at the research that had been there for time, but yeah. I don't think was um, quite... People didn't want to look at it at that point, but now they were forced to look at it. And I think that did that did help in the fight to equality. But I do think there's still a lot of challenges and a lot of, a lot of things that still need to be unlearned. I mean, we're dealing with a system that has been put there for over... 500 600 700 years it's not going to go away overnight so i think there's definitely improvement but there's still a long way to go until we can get to that point 
So in terms of, you know, 2020 events like Black Lives Matter, again, yeah. everything's now in everyone's face, but it's, yeah. it's, would you say that it's funny how it's been in everyone's face for, for so long? And again, we're asking for change again. It's like the same reoccurring thing. Yeah, I think history is bound to repeat itself because people don't learn from mistakes and it had we had to have a push that was so public and it was made so public and I think it was it it stemmed from frustration of being ignored and it was inevitable that it was going to be in people's faces um the way that it was and I'm glad it did happen I think still there's still problems and issues that happened around that that time but I'm glad that it did happen because it did generate some type of change it's, like, it's something that we've been talking about for, for some time so it's now that we act on it again and try hope for some change with Lashan coming to you next do you fear for the next generation I'm not that fearful for the next generation because I feel like with everything that's going on now and the change that's happening hopefully you know I feel like with the whole Black Lives Matter that's happened and everything's been in your face it's like white people and other races and now more speaking about it and you know it's kind of becoming a normality so I feel like things will change for the next generation but obviously we do have a long way to go. I want to discuss now working twice as hard in the workplace so I'm going to come to Lashan first because we know Lashan you've been working from the get-go um, yeah. so you're not strange to the work okay, environment yeah. so what do you feel about <laughs> what do you feel about working <laughs> twice as hard in the workplace? Oh, I feel like I feel like we have to work twice as hard as black people in the workplace and it's blatant from the stem of this whole racism thing and this whole back in the day thing and white people in power and do you know what I mean? I feel like because of that it is harder for us like even to progress, get into positions like I started off working in McDonald's, I, I didn't care where I was working, a job was a job money was money for of me course. I've been grafting since I was 16 that's what I'm saying man so I didn't care I was I was doing my thing in there but yeah. that wasn't really anywhere to progress so moving on wise and even like salary wise moving on it took me a long time to get to you know the salary that I deserve which I only just feel like I've gotten now so I feel like it's harder for us because no matter what we do there's always any little thing that happens in the workplace it's anything you say is taken the wrong way you you seemed you deemed as aggressive for having your own opinions yeah. and me I'm very like anything that I don't feel is right or whatever I, I speak up on and I don't do it in like you know any way where it's not professional because you know I'm all about my money so I'm not going to mess up anything for yeah. that I will take it professionally but even when you do when you speak on what you do and you don't like it's like you've always deemed as aggressive it's a problem from, yeah like it's yeah. a problem and you always mm-hmm. I feel like us as well as black people they always treat us as children yeah very patronizing like if there's something that they want to know or find out they'll they'll sit down and ask you the most basic questions like <laughs> what is this what does this mean and I'm like are you even like you've got to really <laughs> bite your tongue and yeah. I just feel like yeah that that's why nowadays everyone's kind of trying to you know do this black business thing and yeah. you know what i mean black people stick together BAME community stick together you know what i mean because it's not like it should be us against them because it shouldn't be that everything should be equal and everything should be like one but i feel like 
racism is still there within the workplace, but it's sugar-coated to the nines. But it is still slipping, like, things still slip through the net and you feel like, you know what? Yo, it's, is it because I'm black? Do you know what I mean? No. Again, I agree with everything you said, and it's a quality that we're fighting for, so why is this mm-hmm. so hard? But Dylan, coming to you, although, like, you and Lashana have very different careers, but can you relate to the feelings that she's just shared? Yeah, of course, I, I agree with to, to the high heavens, man, because I'm telling you, there's been there's been loads of situations where where I've been, which, like, us as, as black football players, when we're yeah. speaking to managers and stuff, it's like, some of, some of the stuff what they're coming out with and they're asking is, it's like, what what are you on about? What, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's one of those situations. And some white people in the team, like when we've got a bunch of black guys together in, in one group, kicking the ball, like doing a little warm up or anything, they'll say, they'll say little things like, oh, the black lads warming up together. There was one time when I was at one club, I'm not going to mention, I'm not going to mention the club, but we, um, we got fined. We all got fined 50 quid. And wow. if you ask me what we got fined on, it was so ridiculous. Yeah. We went to watch the um, Anthony Joshua fight and there was about three or four black guys. We just, we literally just planned it when we were just at training. And um, we came in the next morning into the fine meeting and they said, oh, um, these four guys were on a black night out. Honestly, so so every there was some there was a few <sighs> black guys in on the team and they kind of they basically kind of laughed it off. And I said, nah. I'm having it, I'm not getting fined for this rubbish. Nah. And he's like, nah. nah, Dill, relax, it's a joke, it's a joke. And I says, No, it's not a joke. A joke. The way these lot are saying this now, they're just they're, they're taking the mick out of us, man. And if you lot pay this fine, it'll just fully sub you like so mm. who paid? Did yes. you pay the fine? Sorry, did, did I? Pay the did, fine? I did I? Did I? Did I? Nah, who who would be paying the fine? There was there was two of there was two or three other black guys who paid the fine, and Not a one chance. of them one 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 of the white guys came up to me and he said to me, um, "Oh, Dill, it was only a joke. You know, no. sometimes nah. you just have to get on with it." No, and this nah, is this, man. This, this, nah. this is what I was saying in football, like because it's so whitely dominated. Yeah, how you get like owners who are white, you get the managers who are white. Um, you know, you got the backroom staff are all white. You feel in sort of a place where you can't really say much. Yeah, but yeah. To yeah. a point, like when enough is enough, you have to come forward and say stuff because they'll keep coming back and say more, more, more racist stuff. My brother yeah. made a point as well the other day with um, um, athletics and football, like the difference between like sprinters and stuff, like they're all black, is because you can't take away anything from them sprinters like you can see that they're no, fast like you can't put a white guy in that thingy just because he's white or whatever to yeah, give white yeah, people yeah. an opportunity because he'll get blown by all the rest of the black guys yeah, but in true. football you can kind of reverse that you know mm. you can put one black guy in there maybe take him out you know if you see some football teams now the, the majority of the players that in the lower leagues anyway the majority of them are all white no because that just really riled me you know that just that just got me hot like yeah, that's you. not funny like and and I bet it's something where you feel like, cause for me now, I'm taking I'm taking that somewhere, cause no, I'm 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 somebody, so I need to take that. So that that's not on for one, but at the same snaps. time, it's like <laughs> your career. You feel like at that part, obviously, your career is then at stake, cause you you want to take it further, and I understand, and that's what it is like. We shouldn't feel like we can't speak out on them things, and mm-hmm. our career or our income will be, you know, put at risk because. We want to talk the things, them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. But this, this, this is where it is. Like when some of my parents, when they say you have to play the game, oh, you, you know, honestly, yeah, you, you have, honestly. you have to play the game, and you, you, you see this sort of stuff. You know, you take note of it. 
but just take a mental note of it. Like it's not always the best case to go out and say, out oh, no, safer. he said yeah. this, he said that, because at the end of the day, it's your position. You want to get to a point in power where you can make the rules and you can decide yeah. who's in the team or who's not in the team. So that in, in, in that point, sometimes you just got to just bite your tongue and get on with it. But referring back to the mm-hmm. um, situation with um, black people having to work twice as hard, of course it is. You get yeah. loads of white people saying, oh, racism's not here. No racism's not about anymore. Yeah. Of, you know what I mean? Of, of course it's about, if you ask a white person how much they think about racism, they'll say probably like once a year or once a month or whatever. Like black people, we think about it every I, single day. Every, every yeah. single thing, what we go through, you know, even walking into a shop, walking into a job, 100%. you know, walking into a company, we always think about racism and that's mm-hmm. facts. And yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's through all our experiences. Yeah. Even the simplest of going into a shop and them not having what you want and you're walking out and you're feeling like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like like yeah. people are looking at you like, oh, like people are looking at you like, like everyone's yeah, watching you like, they want to come taking? pat you down because you didn't buy nothing. Even what I said like, in the last episode, man, like even when we say like walking across the road just to make a, a white person feel comfortable, do you know what I mean? Like why mm-hmm, should I have to mm-hmm. like, accommodate my yeah. day just for you? Oh. But even like in the sense of with what you were saying, I I can understand how aggravating it is like in some cases you've got to put up and shut up in order to see the bigger picture. But why mm. do we have to do that? That's what's annoying. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah, of course. So just going to hope that like, do you think that workplaces are now more accepting with BAME colleagues without them having to go above and beyond? Um, well, off the back of what Dylan said, obviously not all workplaces. Um, but I do feel like it's more so sort of like ingrained in BAME people, especially like in my circle, the black people in my circle, I feel overachieve in order to feel secure within the workplace without even having the initial pressure from bosses. Um, however, I also feel like there's not only the pressure to overachieve, but constant anxiety, which I deal with over messing up and thinking that like one mistake, your your job will be at risk. Um, and if, if I'm honest, in my own experience, I also feel like a lot of BAME people have worked extremely hard to secure permanent and well-paid jobs, like Lashan was saying, so that yeah. when they pass the interview stage, that they've already set a bar that the workplaces expect BAME people to go above and beyond in terms of like, even if you just think of the stereotypes of like people from Asia, that you expect them to be really techy, to be really geeky. So it's like even yeah, with yeah, that, yeah. So even like in the sense of okay, you be working twice as hard to prove okay, you, you can get the job. So when you get get the job, of course that's what they expect. Would you see that as like a sort of to fail tactic for like the BAME community in terms of that? Um, yeah, I guess you could say that because I feel like the harder you work, the more at risk that you're putting your mental health at that it's not natural for us to like consistently be wanting to please. And like every single day, imagine if you have a full-time job that's like a nine to five, Monday to Friday, that every day you're going in like on 10 as soon as you go in. So then mentally people will become exhausted, like literally exhausted to the point where they just are consistently trying to impress someone that may not even see them or may just see it as, well, that's how they always act. So that's how they should act. Not realizing that it's this person actually waking up every day saying, okay, dust myself off. Here we go again. Yeah, Literally, that is what I have to do. That is is me to the ninth. Like you really have to, like, yeah, you've got to kiss up. Morning, you're all right. How was yeah. your weekend? How are you? Really, I don't care. 
I just want to sit down and do my work and go and home. Go home, clock but, out. But, you know what I mean? The fear of like, but then the, th- the fear of that is as well. Like, if I feel like as well, like if you have as a black person, if you just have a quiet day at work, then it's like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, yeah. Why oh, all the time. Oh my! If I don't bust a smile or a joke at that desk, everyone, what's wrong? What's wrong? I just, I just, I don't want to talk today. Is that okay? I have to be on ten every day. <laughs> No. I have to be poppy show every day. We're not doing this. Coming to Pango, like I'm interested to just get your views on this. Like, have have you personally experienced like any of this at all? I, experience. I resonate heavily with what everyone has said. Like every single thing that everyone has said, I've experienced. Like, and it, it's just it's just wild. I was just quiet because it's wild how traumatic this is, and how much like. We all come from different walks of life, but every single person that's speaking, I can completely understand. And I'm is I'm currently going through and have been through what everyone else has been through. And I just think it's so wild that we still have to justify ourselves. And this is something that we still think we still have to fight for just to be normal mm. and just to be like everyone else. Like we can't even have rest because we always have to constantly think but what what is this person thinking about me and you know it as well and like yeah. and you know it because when you you walk into the office and like you walk into um any work environment you just know that you have to make people comfortable about your presence exactly and like you can have a bad day and everyone comes to you and they'll be like what's the matter just like what was said earlier and it's just it's yeah it's wild in a sense like again my term is like there's only so much that like, i can fake laughing in a day do you know yeah. what i mean like yeah just 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 give me a bit of a break man but would you say would you challenge things now in regards to the past so again with 2020's brewing of like black lives matter there's more focus around BAME and like equality yet again so would anyone challenge that sort of treatment now than in regards to the past would you speak up about it there were certain white people that either they knew it was wrong and they did it anyway or they knew it was wrong and they just didn't say anything mm-hmm. so it's not everyone in it it's just the fact that we have to talk about it now because it's in our face and the world has come to a standstill where you can't say oh well we've got this festival we've got this event yeah, there's yeah. nothing mm-hmm. other than talk about the thing in front of us so I, I fully understand what you're saying man because you know it's, i think a point as well is some black people don't they don't, they don't know how to articulate um racism like they all get angry and they don't know uh, um explain how they feel so those kind of anger and that's when white people say oh he's just aggressive and that's when another stereotype like comes about saying oh black people are really aggressive yeah. you know they're angry they're angry at us um you know and all that sort of stuff but what i was raising my hand to before was even in the workplace like when another black player comes into the team I feel I feel more like a sense of comfort. Like we yeah. don't know each other, but we'll walk down to the pitch together and we'll talk together. And people will ask, oh, you two know each other? I'm like, no, we don't know no. each other. Yeah, and yeah. we did the, you know, we did the dap, you know, like when you like yeah, hands and then you do that sort of thing. And then one of the fitness coaches, white guy, says, Oh, you two got a little handshake now. You've not even known each other for so long. And I was like, What? It's, it's like it's what the those heck? little passing comments. You know that, like them like what 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 are you talking about? Like I say, in the workplace, it's kind of anything to look good. So I, I feel like it's because it has to be done, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. It's I like, agree. I agree. do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of the time that we're in and because of Black Lives Matter, it's like 
because it's a workplace thing they can't keep quiet and they've got to show that they're not it's just another layer of sugar coating yeah, yeah. yeah because even still down to the nitty-gritties we're still trapped the same yeah but in the in the 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 loudspeaker on front stage it's diversity this that we've got a diverse panel and then backstage where we're all actually running and working there's five black people two asians and then a bag of white people so yeah. it's just another layer of sugar coating for me yeah i i, I agree i totally agree yeah. as well even yeah. with with football with the black lives matter when they're putting black lives matter on the back of the shirts and taking the knee and everything yeah it's mm. good it's good and everything like that but Ultimately, like there was this FIFA ambassador who who's retired after after how many years, 50, 60 years or whatever, however long he was in charge. Like put a black person in charge of that, like the the the, the new face of FIFA. And that's then it will show that they're actually making a difference instead of mm-hmm. just taking a knee or putting Black Lives Matter on the back of a shirt. Because what does that ultimately do? Yeah. You need to start yeah, making a, a change physically, do you know what I'm saying? And and actually seeing that, bringing more black people into higher powers in work or wherever yeah what, I mean? what what are your views would you challenge this in regards to that the past i think i agree that it was extremely it was extremely performative a lot of the um stuff that came out of black lives matter last year was performative because it was the the history of what had happened was completely ignored and everyone kind of focused on that moment right there, right then. And it was kind of a very rushed process when you look at what has happened in the past. And I think it's difficult to challenge it, but I'm glad that it, again, like I'm glad it did happen because I think some things did happen and other and other things and it opened up opportunities for other things to happen as well like people being more comfortable to talk about it um black writers becoming um published award winners and and yeah things that were supposed to be recognized started to be recognized and mm-hmm. of course it was extremely performative and people are going to mess up and people are going to do things that shouldn't really happen at that time and they're going to do things rushing and thinking that they are helping but really they're not helping and people are just going to paint like things or like on EastEnders when they just painted a, a black woman and thought yeah that's that's it diversity but at least something's happening like I'm seeing more black people on TV for the first time which is something that I never thought I would see before yeah and again, with everyone said, I do heavily agree with everything. So, guys, what we're going to do now, as I did say, it's a sensitive topic, so viewer discretion is advised. So we're just going to move over to um, discussing working twice as hard to get mental health support within the BAME community. Dylan, to ask about mental health, like, what is the support like in the sports industry? If I'm totally honest with you, I think much more needs to be done. You know, as football players and athletes and whatever, we're we're very self-cared people. You know, we'll we'll want to do stuff on our own as yeah. our careers have, have took us to that that position. And when it comes to it, you know, we, we some of us tend to keep everything um, inside, and we don't really want to talk about how we feel and stuff. There's been yeah, loads of times yeah. this season where I've struggled with mental health, and I don't think I've told anyone besides my my mum and I didn't even really touch too much on that as well because Same. you know I, I felt like I could just get on with it myself and and ultimately that's not the best way to to deal with it um going back towards mental health in the football industry and how they how, how, how they don't really 
you know, care. It, it just it just don't feel like, you know, when people say, oh yeah, I'm here to talk or you know, I'm I'm here I'm here to listen. I think ultimately everyone's for themselves really. Like all you've got is just you and yourself. You know, people will say, oh yeah, I'll help you. We'll have a little chat or anything like that. But you know, I I, I think everyone. I don't know. I just don't think anyone really ultimately cares. It's like yeah. it's you and you really. Like they'll they'll hear your story and everything, but that but that's it. That's you it. Know. No, even when guys you said like just respect to you, even just saying what you just said. Like I again, I really appreciate that just for sharing that. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say like what are your attitudes towards mental health, especially like in sports sports culture. So again, I know you said ideally, you know, it's something that people want to deal with their own things by themselves. But is it like a thing that men in sports don't want to tell someone else, or is it just simply because like what are they gonna do? It's just like a, a listen and then sweep underneath the carpet sort of aspect. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I first think that's that's the case really. Like they'll they'll listen, they'll hear it, and it's a sort of a sweep under the carpet sort of thing. But it okay. depends. Or that's just probably my personality. You get other people who who like to speak to um, psychologists every single week, you know, throughout the um, um, a match week or whatever. Or you know, if if you if you're not in the team or you haven't been picked or whatever, you like to speak to someone to someone and speak to them and sit down, and share your thoughts or whatever. But ultimately, with me. I'm that type of person, like, I don't really like to open up about my feelings. I'd rather just get on with it and, yeah. and, and move forward. And I realised even last year that wasn't a good thing to do because throughout the whole 2020, there was not just my football, what wasn't going to plan. There was also, like, life itself just with COVID and, you know, isolating from not seeing my friends, not seeing my grandma, not seeing my family. So yeah. it kind of forced me to, to to open up to people and speak about that sort of stuff. I understand. Um, but... I don't know. It's 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 one of those ones. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a tough topic to um to kind of go into. Yeah. Um, but no, it's healthy. It's healthy though. It's a healthy mm-hmm. conversation. No, again, I really appreciate, it, man. Uh, coming to a pound goal. What are your attitudes towards men? Uh, like mental health and. Like personally, um, I've suffered from a lot of, I've suffered from mental health, okay. without realizing that like I I was even suffering from mental health. Because whenever I would speak to like my mum yeah. and my dad about it, it would be a conversation of, oh, but like, you don't feel like that. You're not, you won't feel like that. You're too young to feel like that. And yeah, 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 they yeah. didn't really oh. understand like what I was going through. And I didn't really understand what I was going through until only just recently when I started learning more just from Instagram, actually, if I'm honest and social media and other people and other black people sharing their experiences and how they were feeling and then realizing that oh okay so this is what it is and it's there's nothing wrong with saying that you've got anxiety or there's nothing wrong with saying that you've got this and you feel like this sometimes and um I had to learn that the hard way and then but my parents my mum they still don't have um, they have a bit more of an understanding now because I think mental health has definitely impacted people, the black community, a lot more than I think they had anticipated. Yeah. Because I think they're getting a lot more children now that the, the kids that are growing up in that are growing up that were born in England are suffering and they don't have the choice they don't have the choice now to ignore it because there's so much information out there. And although that, like, in my experience anyway, I see that there is a little bit of resistance from um, the older generation, I do think that 
the conversation is being had now because there is so much out there like um I have no. I have, it has been happening that we are seeing some devastating cases yeah. of young people taking their lives or um, coming out with outbursts of mental health, and and things are being oh, mother, open, yeah. spoken about more now than it was before. Again, thank you for sharing what you've just shared because again, I really do appreciate that. With what you said in terms of like your parents, like I totally agree. Sometimes it's like an argument between like generation and culture because for it's like sometimes when you have an issue it's like what's wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you so I totally agree with that way it's like well if there's nothing wrong with him like why am I feeling like this why do I feel like this yes that's the big question so if your own parents are saying well there's nothing wrong with you it's like well where else do I look to to get this sort of support like well if I can't get from my parents like where can I get it from I feel like in certain senses like with men it may be worse because even from what I've seen personally it's more like an outcry publicly for help as personally speaking as a black man you know it's showing feelings and you know feeling vulnerable at the time it's like you know am I going to take it seriously I'm going to people going to view me differently there's all types of questions that are going through your head you know I mean again it's different for everybody but I just yeah man I agree with that 100% it's interesting that you mentioned um like black men especially because there's such there's there's that cultural aspect to everything that we do as black people that we still we still have this mentality that like the black man has to be um a strong person all the time and they've got to lead the household and they've got to do this and it's ingrained in it's ingrained in all of us like subconsciously even if we want to admit even if we don't want to admit it well I can only speak for myself but even if I don't want to admit that this that's the first thing that comes into my brain whenever I think or see a black man it is and that's not my fault it's just because it's what I've grown up hearing seeing and it's it's crazy for the diaspora and for um us as as young adults like growing up in this in this place because we don't really have a rule book into understanding our own emotions and feelings and understanding us as black people um as whereas as a white person they do yeah would you say like uh, that white people take mental health more seriously or i mean their their faces are the face of mental health like we don't see black people um we wouldn't see a black person like breaking down on movies prior to this like we wouldn't see a black like a black movie about about knife crime for example how is that linked to knife crime for example in my opinion is linked to mental health issues and violence is linked to mental health issues and that is shown within movies of of like the joker for example where you see like him vulnerable and seeing what the world has done to him and then you see him break out into violence but you won't really you won't really see that previously and you won't really see that that is the reason why maybe a black person will commit the crimes that they commit because of the neighborhood that they've grown up with yeah they'll show like the deprived neighborhood but do they show how that psychologically affects somebody and how that would actually um impact and and contribute and then obviously if we keep feeding that information to us we're never gonna see us as the face of mental health like it's the same as most illnesses if you look at like I'm going on a tangent here sorry but like if you look at something like if you look at cancer for example it's only in the past couple of years that they've pushed the 
the narrative that black people can have cancer but we know black people can get cancer but we don't see a black face as on a poster about cancer yeah we won't see we won't see that but we'll see a black face about knife crime we'll see it about criminals and that's going to impact us like psychologically without us even realizing so but I have seen a push in 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 more black faces within mental health and that has shown the other gen the older generation and our own generation that when we see that um people of people that look like us are facing these issues, we can then try and understand that it's not just us that faces yeah. this. Yeah, we're like, not alone. Yeah. Uh, no, appreciate. It. <laughs> um, Lashandra's coming to you. I've got a question for you. Um, like, what role do you think the community plays in all of this, in regards yeah. to like mental health? Like, what are your views? I feel like mental health in a black community is not understood. I feel like nobody really, truly, really and truly understands mental health. Like, and especially in black communities, I feel like mental health obviously is a thing but I feel like for black people especially black men it's harder because like for example when you when you're growing up as a as a boy even from a boy being a being a child you're told don't cry that's girly you know what I mean you know like little things like that that you that you're yeah. taught by you know your parents and things that I've said so from a child it's kind of like you're forced to not have those sort of emotions so then with the whole mental health thing and like you said feeling vulnerable it's kind of like you don't want to show that because it's a sense of weak and it's like black people feel like they can't be weak like and even I've realized that about myself because even like I said with the with the whole lockdown situation it made me kind of understand and start to take a turn in mental health and start to read about it because I felt like mentally you know I'm feeling drained all the time I'm just going to bed all the time. I'm tired. It's just the same thing every day. Yeah. I was literally losing my mind. So even myself, I felt like... But then at the same time, you don't want to feel like, you know, you're being selfish because, you know, you've got a house, you've got a job. So it was kind of one of those battles for myself. And it was hard for me to talk to people as well because I'm always such a happy person and, you know, always busting joke and things like that. It's Nobody really actually sits down and says, last year, are you all right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nobody actually asks me, am I all right? Do you know what I mean? Or like, because for me, I try to just get on with things and everything's positive, positive, positive. But I've learned that you can have those days and you can reflect and you can be sad. You can oh, of cry. Course. Of course. Do you know what I mean? And I would always recommend to everybody to have one cry day a month. Like that one day Lay where you just sit down and just you're by yourself and just... Just think of everything that's troubling you, even if it's little things, and just ball, ball like they're gonna kick you out your house tomorrow because it helps. Mm. And then after that, I get back on my bus shit and I feel all right because, you know, I've had that little bit of a an outburst and I just get get back on with it. And I feel like that's something that kind of helps me. And I feel like what, even if I don't do it and, and things do build up, I haven't had one of those days in a while, you know, and one is gonna come. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I feel you, so, man. You know what I mean? You just, just you <laughs> ball, you know what I mean? But I just I feel like it is very, you know, it's very misunderstood and I feel like it needs to be spoken about and promoted in the black community as much as anything else. And men, you know, shouldn't feel away from, you know, opening up and showing their emotions. But at the same time, yeah. I feel like a lot of people mock it. And a lot of people, you know, respond to it how they do the because fear, they man. don't understand it. 
Yeah. Like, like one thing with me, like the demon same idiots, like, you know, have one cry day a month. Like, yeah. if you know me, like I'm an ass. Like I just bust jokes <laughs> all the time. No, literally, like my motto is, if you don't, if you don't laugh, you're crying. So I'd rather laugh. Exactly. It's hard because it's hard to stay positive, even for myself. But if you don't stay in control of that and you just sit down and dwell, nothing's going mm-hmm. to change. Because, like Dylan said, it it you you're battling it on your own. You know, evidently it's all you yourself. Like, yeah, you can have people that will ask you, "Are you okay?" And but the novelty will wear off, and after a week, the consistency stops. You're alone again. Yeah, they yeah, come yeah, round yeah. as soon as they go. You're back to that. You know, you're back in that box by yourself. So that's why I feel like, you know, even for myself this year, I said to myself, I'm not just going to keep it on a social thing with like my people that I actually care about. Because, yeah, I'm out there and whatever, but I've actually got, you know, a circle of people that I care about. And I'm saying to myself, like, I want to make time and, you know, have little link ups, little dinner parties, little games nights, because one life is too short. But two, everybody needs a break. And I feel like everybody needs to come together and just have those times with your people and feel, you know, like together especially in this time um, with the whole pandemic situation as well. So yeah, okay. I feel that's what you have to do, yeah. I, I, think, I think with our generation, I think we're more woke. Like, we see the situation for what it is, yeah. and I think we know, Definitely. like, I ain't got time for this, man. I only be making my money if it's not, mm-hmm. like, benefiting me, then it's got to step, man. It's got to step. So I think in this generation, like, we see that and we realise that. And I yeah, think that's definitely. why we've got ahead on on the last generation or the generation before you know yeah. definitely we do it's weird I feel like we actually do like we've got a like you say we've seen it and we're just changing it anything that's negative or anything that's in my way I don't care how long I've known you I don't care if anything if you if you're gonna stop my growth you've got to go period well just thank you for everyone today just for you even you know taking your time and for speaking so openly like I really do appreciate um, so again thank you to Dylan uh, Pango and Lashan thank you guys for listening to part one so next up we have interviewed the owner of Book Club Dynasty and Mans from Black Health Initiative it happened on a Monday I was there there peacefully it's early in the morning not even bush my teeth and I can never let my tears fall out as it passed by my cheek